All right, y'all. Let's uh, let's kick this bitch off. It's uh, episode forty-six. Forty-six. Is it forty-six? Is it forty-five? No, forty-five was last week, I think. But let's double check. I'm pretty sure it's forty-six. I had it in my notes, but now that you questioned it, I'm questioning it. Yep, it's episode forty-six. Don't question the man. We should question that. He knows his shit. If there's one man that you don't question, it's the (laughs) fucking macho, yeah, because I'll get you for three minutes in that ring, man, spider, and I'll hit you with the elbow drop from the top rope. Sword with the eagles and slithered with the snakes. Oh, yeah, you know the macho man has sworn with the eagles and slithered with the snakes and everything Uh, in between, and everybody knows that the (laughs) macho man, even the most macho man, has to cry from time to time. Um, But... (laughs) Let's go ahead and kick off episode 46. Uh, welcome to the show. This is What You Spin In, your favorite music podcast with a bunch of music nerds talking about shit that you might not give a damn about. But we hope it at least inspires you to listen to some music you've never heard before or at least have heard about but never committed. Um, and I feel like today's a good episode kind of for that kind of vibe, you know. Yes. I've heard, you know, we've all heard, uh, or like I've heard of Jake's pick. I've heard of Matt's band that he picked, and I've never listened to him. And I can, I can kind of, I get this kind of vibe that you guys have. You might feel the same about mine. Um, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I got to check in with my dudes. Matt, how are you doing, bro? Doing good. It's been a good morning. Went out and played some yeah. basketball early with Crosby, and now we're back doing the cast. Hell yeah. It's uh, been about 18 hours since I last seen you, uh, and separation anxiety, bro. I need my, I need my ball, brother. No, I'm fucking, I'm fucking around. Uh, Jacob, how you doing, man? It's been, it's been a minute since I seen you. Yeah, been good. Been, been here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just trying to fucking engage with y'all. Okay, get a good I'm intro not, going. I'm not. I'm not bald. I gotta get there. We gotta be. No. We gotta be like the. Do the fusion. Oh, uh, the fusion. Uh, the like fusion the from DBC. Yes. No. Uh, Jacob, I'll let you know if you go bald, you're off the cast. We can't have three yeah, bald. Yeah, I, I think I legally need to change my name and move to a different state. So Just your last name, because you have a white-ass uh, first name. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd have to be like really? Jacob Johnson or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I'm super fucking stoked for this episode uh it's gonna be great as per usual we've got some great stuff uh to bring up and let's go ahead and dive into episode 46 of what you spin in And to kick off the episode, we are going to start with my man Jake's pick for this week. Oh, Ollie's Ollie's sitting up. He's ready. So, Jacob, what do you got for us today, pal? Yeah, so uh, this week uh, picked out some hippity hop, some uh, Flanagan, Pink Sifu. Uh, together they are Fly Sifu. Uh, the album is called Smoke Break. It's not really an album, it's an EP, but it kind of is an album because it's 10 songs long. 
Um, pretty short, clocks in just over 30 minutes. Um, came out in 21. Um, pretty new. Um, it has a lot of up-and-coming uh, producers, rappers. It's very much like a collaborative album with just a bunch of people on it. Um, it introduced me to a lot of new rappers in the underground, and I feel like this is like very much the underground nowadays, like the artists to look out for and that have done amazing work. Um, so yeah, really dug into it um, and got into it a lot. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys think about it? Go take Ollie out. Matt, I want you to kick it off this time. Do you want me to you kick it off? Give your thoughts first. Right on. Uh, abstract was my first thought uh, as far as the production, uh, the bars, the lyricism. Very underground, like you said a minute ago. Uh, abstract in a good way, just the way they have the deliveries, uh, the music, the beats in general. It doesn't sound like a lot of things you've heard in the last few years, and I like that. You know, anytime hip hop can take a step back and look at what they're doing and make something new out of it with new people that I've never heard of. It's it's great. Um, took me a minute to get into it. I felt like it was kind of a slow start. Uh, after the song Oatmeal, it kind of kicks into gear. Uh, I was telling Jake earlier in the week, Remote Relocation was one of my favorite tracks on that album. Um, and I think it just flows. It kind of goes back and forth with the delivery. Um, I do like Fly's delivery a little bit better. Uh, I feel like I can understand his lyricism a little bit more clearly. Um, not to say Sifu's got nothing on it, but you know, I just liked him a little bit better. But this is a fun album. Uh, I like Smoke Break is a great title, um, and a lot of the beats they use are very eclectic. So fun, fun pick. <clears throat> yeah, uh, to kind of piggyback off that, I liked the you know, and also to kind of reference last week's episode where we talked about Nas and his vocal delivery, like the the tone of his voice. You know, I kind of liked the. You know, Matt, you just said Smoke Break was a great title for the album, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, you know, you've got this kind of kind of like lazy delivery, and it is very much like a stoner rap kind of kind of feel. Jesus Christ, um, a stoner rap kind of feel to it, uh, which is which is really nice, honestly. It's. Uh, yeah. It kind of adds to everything, and the the beats, like you said, matter very eclectic and very out there. But the uh, the way that everybody involved, not even you know Pink Sifu and Fly Anakin, you know the people outside of it, the way that they managed to attack these beats and you know really make this a cohesive, well-rounded project uh, was pretty impressive. And uh, I'll I'll save the the other thought that I have about it, but I want. Uh, I want to hear Jake, like how you got, how you found these guys, uh, <laughs> because you've shown me, you've shown me a couple tracks uh, from either of these guys and shit that they've done together. So uh, I kind of want to know the backstory of like how you got into these guys because they're very interesting. They're they're yeah. a very interesting pairing, whether they're alone or together. So uh, touch on that for me. Yeah. So I got into mainly Pink Sifu because uh, his album, uh, I think his first one, Ensley. I think it's called um, okay 2017 2018 or something um he had a lot of i think he had a couple features on it of people that i was listening to um so then when this was newer that it had just come out 
they had done one before, I think, called uh, Fly Sifu Records or after. I think it was before, I want to say. Um, but it was also these two, um, Flanagan and Pink Sifu. Um, yeah, it came out a year before. Fly Sifu came out before. I mean, it was like an actual full-length album. It was like an hour long. Um, so I was like, oh, I haven't heard of Fly Anakin. I have no idea who it is. I like his voice. His voice is kind of like high pitch, kind of like a like a fast rapping modern Eze. I feel like, like the way that he has kind of that high pitch squeal. Um, and with Pink Sifu, I feel like Pink Sifu kind of sounds kind of like braggadocious, um, like rapper esque. Sometimes he mumbles here and there, and it sounds kind of cool. I was gonna, I was gonna say that, but I'll let you say. Yeah, he kind of he kind of mumbles at times. Um, but he's not like a mumble rapper per se. Like I, I don't do mumble rap. Um, I like lyrical stuff. So I saw this. I was like, oh, like I haven't heard of it. And then I saw this in store up in Portland. Um, and it captured, like I knew about it. Like I was like, oh, I recognize the album. Um, and it caught me. There's just a cover, like just two dudes sitting there, like posted up, looking cool, with like just records everywhere. Like the cover is really cool like um so i was like hey i'm gonna give it a shot um listened to it fell in love with it fell in love with both of their individual work their collaborative stuff um yeah it's 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 real interesting this album too um all the songs on it they're produced by someone different um it's it's not one person uh, i think one person name's i he does two productions on two songs but everyone else it's always different um and i had some familiar people that i had like listened to before uh, like chuck strangers on oatmeal he produced that song and he features on it um big kahuna og he's also a feature on shoddy uh fushi also like really big um female rapper that's coming up uh young morpheus he's super good he's super underrated um be kool-aid also one of my more favorite uh i just ordered like another one of their albums that dropped like a month ago uh so yeah it's like real cool like a lot of like new faces new people that you see they're then starting off their like music career and kind of just want to be a part of it you know kind of want to tag along see what work they do who they work with you mm-hmm. know what ends up going so that's kind of how i got into it and how i'm like seeing them progress and stuff yeah and and you kind of touched uh you you brought up an interesting point or used an interesting term uh with you know describing these guys as uh underground you know and and they really are you know they do have that that sound to them and you know they're not huge uh, as talented as they are uh they're not they're not big at all really uh you know it's it is very niche it is kind of like a very niche following uh and it it kind of I don't know how to I don't know how to say this, but so I'll just try to say it as as best I can. Um, you know, people think underground. You know, we've talked a lot about underground hip hop, and it, it. I feel like when we've done that on this podcast, it's been more in reference to you know the MF Dooms, the Quasimodos, like the shit from the late '90s, early 2000s. And I'm really glad that you brought this up because it does kind of put the uh, the spotlight on modern day underground. You know, because it is still, it is still a scene, you know, like underground hip hop is always going to be there. Like there's always going to be rappers that are worth a fuck 
that aren't that big, you know, such as these guys, you know. And so I'm really glad that you brought these guys up. They're phenomenal at what they do. You know, they have the disparity between the vocal style, which is really awesome. And then, as you kind of said, they they have this kind of uh, almost Griselda project-esque kind of we're going to get every fucking buddy on this album. You know, we're going to just jam pack it with features and everything, you know, much like, you know, uh, to reference an album that we've talked about on this podcast, Bo Jackson uh, by Boldy James and the Alchemist. You know, that was chock full of features by like uh, there was Quell Chris, you know, uh, Stove God Cooks, you know, there's some West Side. Freddie Give, yeah. Yeah. So there's so there's like these people that, you know, people have heard of obviously with like the Freddie Gri- the the Freddie Gibbs and all that shit. But then there's these underlying kind of factors that are kind of niche. And that's what I really liked about this. I was looking at the feature list and I was like, I have no clue who any of these motherfuckers are. But this album kicks ass or this EP, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, for 10 tracks coming in at 30 minutes. Impressive. You know, it's kind of the it. I feel like we've kind of done this a lot to where there's like an album, say Master of Puppets, that has like eight tracks on it and it's an hour long. <laughs> and then we get 10 tracks and it's 30 minutes long. Um, so I kind of, I, I loved this. It, there was a lot of like the back outside of the musical standpoint, like the logistics of everything was very interesting to me, you know, from the features to the runtime and everything like that. So I'm glad that you brought this up because it did allow me to kind of do a further, like below the crust evaluation of uh, Fly Anakin and Pink Sifu. So thank you. That album cover is pretty slick too. I feel like <clears throat> you yes. put all three of us in that room and that's how we think sometimes when we're trying to pick the album for the next week, like all this vinyl around us. Right. Did you get it from Music Millennia or where'd you get it? Yeah, yeah, I got it up on Portland Music Millennia. Yeah, yeah, shout out to those guys. They've been delivering me some good vinyls really fast. So, yeah, that store's cool. It has, it's like, it's massive. It's mm-hmm. humongous. We have some cool stuff. But yeah, I did some great digging there. Uh, found this in there. And yeah, man, just open up my field of view to hip hop that is still very much happening. Like a lot, like music is ongoing, like indefinitely. Like everyone's always creating, making music. This came out in 21, so it's very new still. Um, and for it to have that many people still that are new into the genre that you can get into and you're like, oh, like this person, this is the first time they featured and they just dropped an album last year or something, you know, like it's like just new faces, new things to get into. Um, so that's what was cool. That's what I liked. Um, one of my favorite songs that I always come back to all the time, uh, Good Word with Young Morpheus. Dude, that that beat is super good. Um, that beat I'll, does go hard. I did that like beat that is beat. Really good. Um, Young Morpheus, he's really, he he spit some bars. I like the outro of it. It's mm-hmm. like kind of a little skit that it's funny, where it's like a guy talking about how he was like trying to get a record at a record store, and he was like, "Yeah, I just got a new copy of Nelly Sweat <laughs> Blue Blue Album Variant." Yeah, <laughs> it's like. It's, I don't know if that's old or like new, like a new recorded or like soundbite, but uh, yeah, that's that's cool that 
they kind of did that too and they like name dropped like the the record store they were buying it from too which is cool but but yeah man uh glad you guys liked it definitely i feel like uh any genre really there's just so much to get into and so many new artists so mm-hmm. it's cool when you stumble across something like this because it's like a collaborative album that has like so many more people and you could pick out like one song that has like three people that you've never heard of and you're like oh i like this song i like this person's voice let me look into just this one song and then it opens up you know another gateway to three other people and all this other stuff so yeah yeah and uh the the title of it smoke break you know matt you kind of you touched on that earlier a little bit i feel like it was a perfect title for it because you listen to it it is it is very much like a smoke break you know it reminds me of you know back you know jacob back when you were at the old place and before the cast or in between episodes we would go out to the street and you know rip a joint and just bullshit for a minute and it this album like this this project listening to it made me think back to those kind of like those uh, little smoke sessions that we had because i was like this is perfect this is a perfect name for an album like this and it, it's the perfect kind of music to just throw on during a smoke break like oatmeal i've i ripped a i ripped a bowl or two to that the other night you know um what's it called remote relocation that one mm-hmm. also you know there's just it does have this very much like it's good music you know and there there is some interesting things going on but it's not so busy that it's distracting you know what i mean so you can just throw it on and just sit there and smoke and then every once in a while you'll catch a good lyric or a good ooh, i like that little bar of that drum beat you know something like that and so yeah i i think the the title of this it couldn't have been better you know because it does very much feel like that yeah smoke break is like a nice little short good little smoke break you know in between whatever you're doing um one of the songs on here too the divine um got a lot of hype just because of who was on it uh so it had mavi mavi's also a really big up and coming uh underground rapper in the last few years and the zoolopers and zoolopers had danny brown features um he had some freddie gibb features on his most recent album so i mean really cool underground people that are getting some mainstream play um, for all these four dudes, or sorry, five dudes with Concept Jackson being on a song, like it's kind of like the Avengers coming together, like in a way, it was like uh, with a like cool trumpet, um, like beat to it. Just cool. Yeah, it reminds me of like a, it's like a throwback or like a callback to the old, you know, Monster Island Czar tracks that they, that mm-hmm. Doom would put out on his stuff. You know, where there's just like seventeen motherfuckers that you've never heard of on a track you know it was kind of that that kind of feel which i know i know we reference back to doom a lot or and everything but you know we're talking underground right now and that was that's the king of the under of the underground in my opinion and you know he did like i love that that there was you know almost this wu-tang-esque you know amount of people on us on one track on this yeah uh to to kind of highlight the modern day underground you know and fuck four years from now we might these guys might be you know the next 
fucking Migos and future and like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. that's what it's all about is like, give it time. And these artists that we're talking about that are kind of like below the the earth's surface per se are going to break through and and i can see that happening with fly sifu uh, especially if they keep me if they keep making projects together because i haven't heard a lot of you know one side solo the other side solo i've heard more of their stuff together and everything they do is really strong you know it's a everything's a strong outing from them i did go and listen to like half of the fly sifu album like the the self-titled and i was very impressed you know i was like god damn like these guys just there's just some weird chemistry with them even though you know i mentioned earlier the vocal disparity between them you know the borderline mumble rap with like the high pitch you know modern day easy e that you mentioned jacob so those two worlds kind of colliding is super cool you know and they they don't miss honestly from what i've heard at least yeah so yeah give it time these guys will win a grammy <laughs> i feel like definitely they got so much so much potential um the i think this album i'm not 100 percent sure but i could see this being like extras from the original album uh because fly seafood it came out in 2020 that makes sense that's an actual album album it has 22 songs on it and it's 40 minutes long um so it's still pretty short songs um, but it's all like jam packed. Like there's a lot of good songs on that album that they both did. Um, and this came out a year after. So I think this might have just been either extras or stuff that didn't make the cut. Um, but definitely one one of my more favorite EPs, uh, just for the the length of it, it's 30 minutes long. Uh, but it's got so much good, so much good stuff on it. To the beats, to the raps who's on it um it's like it feels very progressive hip-hop like it's moving forward uh and new ideas new things that they're doing new collaborations um so that's what's really cool about it um but yeah glad y'all liked it you want to get into a top trends top trees let's do it top of the let's get into the top of the trees yeah, so I'll kick us off. Um, if I'm going top three, um, honorable mention, I'm going to go Oatmeal. Um, nice. It's kind of a slower song, but I've been liking it um, just because I've been getting into Chuck Stranger's stuff also. Chuck Stranger's also okay. the um, member from Pro Era with Joy Badass. Um, I thought you'd know that, Dorian. You ain't a real fan. Oh, <laughs> Now that you say it, I did. <sighs> yeah, Just I think forgot. you did that. Uh, yeah, oatmeal. Uh, and then top three, I'm going to go Three Dope Boys, um, The Divine, and then Good Word. Uh, that's my favorite song on this album for sure. Nice. Hell yeah. Matt, do you want to go next or you want me to jump yeah, in? Yeah, I got you. Uh, I'm going to go Honorable Mention, then Three, Two, One. Honorable Mention, Oatmeal. I think we all have that in the back of our mind. It's a good way to start the album. Like I said, after that song, it just it kicks into gear. Um, and then three, two, one, gonna go. Good word, uh, three dope boys, and then remote relocation. Oh. Hell yeah, I like that. Uh, honorable mentions, and then three, two, one. Honorable mention, the divide, and then the other honorable mention would be three dope boys. I like that one. Uh, three, two, one for me. Oatmeal 
or not the divide. Fuck. Honorable mention was remote relocation. I, mm. sorry, I wrote HM like in between two lines. That's my bad. Uh, number three was oatmeal. Number two was the divide, and number one was blame for me. Ooh. I really liked blame. Really liked blame. I feel like that was a you know other than like the the smoke break interlude or whatever the fuck it was called. The like blame was a good last like we're rapping on this track you know kind of round off yeah yeah i like i like the experimental beats on this too i like that you guys like remote relocation mm-hmm. uh, be kool-aid be kool-aid is i think it's a duo i want to say a producer and a rapper i could be wrong i don't know but i love their stuff um send me send me good. some more send me some more of their shit i'm, oh, I'm interested super good. they just dropped an album like a year ago Really? Like, go a month ago. Uh, okay. Super good. I'll, I'll definitely send it in our chat. Oh, please do. Well, that was Smoke Break by Fly Sifu, which is Pink Sifu and Fly Anakin, which was Mr. Jake's pick for this week, released in 2021. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move the episode along with Matt's pick for this week. We'll be right back with what you spin in episode 46. Bro, I'm such a dumbass. I didn't know this, but it checks out. Be Cool Aid is Pink Sifu and a producer, Ali. Shahid? Ali Shahid Muhammad? Ali Shadiq? Ali. Ali Shadiq, the stand-up comedian. No, that's that's tight that you found that out. I will cut it to where this part is in the episode. Um... So that's tight. That's so. Beat Kool Aid is Pink Sifu and a producer named Ali. Uh, Ali, yeah, that's cool. Cool, that's bet. I did not know that. That's a bet. Checks out though. Well, <laughs> don't hurt yourself now. Careful. Don't hurt yourself now. Jacob, have we told you about uh, Jerry Murphy, <laughs> Peter Seinfeld? So you know Bauhaus. Yes. So their singer is named Peter Murphy, and uh, Matt and I at work will sing Bauhaus lyrics with a Jerry Seinfeld impression. Oh my god. <laughs> So we'll be like, or we'll just like reference uh, in the flat field. We'll be like, he's a god in an alcove. What, what is the deal? <laughs> like, <laughs> so we're constantly like, oh, Peter Seinfeld coming out. Uh, <laughs> I dare you. Why was the god in an alcove? He's a god. <laughs> Peter Carver killed Calcove. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, so if you ever wondered what goes on in e-services with me and Matt there, it's just us. It's a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) It is a bunch of bullshit, dude. We just wrapped up talking about Smoke Break by Fly Sifu. Uh, Let's go ahead and shift gears a little bit. Um, Another, you know, new 
artist to me that I had I had seen the name a bunch but never actually listened to the music, uh, which is Matt's pick for this week. So I'll let him intro that. What you got, man? I'm going with a pick from 2003 from a band called the Mars Volta. De Los in the Comatorium. Album cover is very unique. Uh, done by the same artist that worked for Pink Floyd throughout the years doing their album covers, uh, Storm Thorgerson. Very creative artist, and as you can tell by that one, he's still got it decades later. Um, this is very much a concept album, probably one of the, the first concept albums I heard, uh, minus The Wall and a few other ones before that. Um, has to do with somebody that's you know in a coma after taking too much rat poison and some other drug. I know it's kind of a weird idea for a concept album. Yeah, uh, the music for me was very different when I bought it because I actually bought it in 2003 when it came out. I just moved to California from Oregon to kind of start over, um, and that was the first album I bought when I got down there. Um, it was music that I had never listened to before. You know, I was into the alternative stuff and things like that, but this really opened my eyes to a lot of different artists. Uh, basically, the songs are so long, like 12-minute songs. You know, it's like a Tool record. Um, this just has a lot of different meanings for me. I think it just opened my eyes to what's out there, like I said a minute ago. Um, and it's just got a cool sound, you know. The vocals are high-pitched. The guitars are in your face. The drumming's amazing. They've got a great drummer. Um, and then Flea's playing bass on the album, you know. Can't ask for more than that. So what do you guys think? Yeah, dude, it was badass. I hadn't heard of this. I've seen the album cover, like, so many times um like sometimes like online i'll look at people's like you know setups that they have for their records and stuff and i see people have this album and i've seen it so many times like the golden head just on the like platter like and there's like stuff all around it album cover is super cool um super trippy it, like i was looking at it and it's like uh one of those like a like a medical table like a surgery lab table and there's like uh, like stuff yeah, in there's the like, background, yep. and then there's like a kid in like the doorway, like kind of like there's surprise a or whatever. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's nuts. It's super cool. Um, but yeah, the actual album, like, holy shit, dude! <laughs> like it, it's so much, um, like different variations of like rock music and like rock styles, and this one was badass. Um, like the kickstart to the album. Uh, like the first song going perfectly into the second song um, where they should have just made it just one song, I feel like. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's a killer start to an album. Um, and yeah, everything to it, all the guitar licks on it, um, the long songs. I think there's one that's like 12, 12 minutes long. Um, yeah, all, all around super, super badass. Uh, hadn't heard of these guys um but now that i have definitely something that i'm glad that i did and i'm glad that you brought this up um at, at the same time i like that it's um uh the production on it super good also rick rubin uh, produced on it which i feel like he's behind so many great albums uh yes. for a good reason because he i don't know what he does like he just makes it sound so much more complete so much more finished he's uh, he is like the epitome of professional record producer rick rubin i i also don't know what it is but everything he puts his hands on sounds fucking fantastic. and he's never genre specific he's everywhere hip-hop metal yeah, yeah. Rock, like it doesn't matter he's so good at what he does and 
to touch on to touch on Rick real quick, uh, Jacob. Actually, I'll let you wrap up your point, Jacob. No, that was. I mean, that was my point. <laughs> Rick okay. is a fucking badass. Okay. No, he is. I saw a clip uh, on like fucking Facebook or something uh, or YouTube, maybe I can't remember. Anyway, uh, it was Rick Rubin uh, in an interview, and someone asked him like, "What?" Like, how did you end up getting involved in so many different genres and working with so many different artists? And it it came across as pretentious a little bit, but but it made sense. He was like, I just know what sounds good. And he's like, you know, uh, someone can come to me with like a demo and it doesn't sound good. He's like, I'll make it sound good. He's like, I'll, I'll take something that that sounds lackluster and I'll. I will do the work to make it sound good on the mastering end and the production end and everything. Uh, and you can really tell with just about everything Rick Rubin does, you know, he's been behind some of the biggest albums of all time, you know, and, and, you know, I feel like, like I had kind of, like I said at the end of last episode, when you introduced this album, Matt, I was like, I've heard the name Mars Volta so many goddamn times. Couldn't name a single song from him. And, I I kept just this album man was just it was so like there's not a lot of songs on it you know we did you did kind of mention like oh it's got like tool length songs on it which is great you know there's a lot of there's a lot of shit going on musically whether it's flea's bass playing the the drumming you know, the vocals which are a whole thing that I could dive into uh but it's there's so much going on that it's like yeah rick rubin had to come in and kind of contain all of this because it because it's so unique you know like this this album to me was a hodgepodge of so many different artists i've ever heard and but it was killer you know what i mean like it just kicked ass and so uh personally i'm really glad that you brought it up because I would have died not knowing what a single Mars Volta song sounded like. <laughs> I would have been like, ah, fuck. I've heard him a thousand. I've heard the name a thousand times. Couldn't tell you anything about him kind of thing. Uh, and then also, as Jacob said, the out, the original album cover and the alternate cover, both are fucking killer. And I think the vocals really stand out uh, with Cedric singing the lead singer. I mean, he's got such a high pitched voice, but his delivery is spot on. And I don't know if he wrote a lot of the lyrics himself either way great lyricism throughout the whole album i mean lines that i'll remember forever just you know the first track alone um even john frusciante is on this album as well which i thought was really random so we got a couple of chili peppers in the house on this one <laughs> wait john was on it too mm-hmm no he's got shit. like a, he's got a guitar part on one of the songs yeah i was like what frusciante's on here so um, I, yo matt so you and i both read the book both read scar tissue by Kitas. I don't think there was any, there was like hardly any mention of Mars Volta. Not which, at all. Like, Not at all. Yeah. Rashante does additional guitar and synthesizer on uh, Cicatriz ESP, apparently. The song. I like, I really like that song. Yeah, so it's one of my favorite fucking, songs too. That's fucking um, funny. And like I said, uh, when I started talking about the album, this is one of the first concept albums that I remember hearing besides The Wall and other things like that. So. In a sense, it could be just one long song, that whole album, you know, it's just it doesn't it doesn't feel like it changes a whole lot, you know, and in that sense, it makes it a concept album. Um, I really like the guitar work all around a great guitar player. Um, 
and I think they just feed off each other. The guitar and the vocals just go back and forth. It's got like a jazzy Latin kind of beat to it sometimes uh, throughout the songs. But definitely eclectic and definitely out there. It's also like multi-layered. Like there's like so many like sections to the song that it goes into. Mm-hmm. Uh, like every song is just like just hits you back to back on on different things. Um, like the first three songs like are probably my mo- my most favorite part of the album. Uh, yeah. That intro to the album, going right into the second song, um, yeah. and then the third song, Roulette Dares. Um, that's probably my favorite song, uh, just because the hook. I feel like it's so like memorable, um, and just screaming exoskeletal or whatever he's saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, and something about like these nutty like song titles too. It kind of makes it like exotic. I don't know. They're very exotic. Sonnet Lumiere and mm-hmm. in their Tiatic Esp. Like <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce these, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, they're it's, it's fucking badass, man. And one thing that I kind of noticed and really fell in love with about this album was there would be, you know, maybe two on like especially on the longer tracks, there would be, you know, maybe two and a half, three minutes of you know establishing like hey this is the song and then they would go on these really long bridges you know they would just have these borderline like grateful dead-esque fucking little jams in the middle of these songs and then it'd be like oh remember that chorus from three and a half minutes ago here it is again uh and that theme from two minutes ago here it is again uh it just and there were like two or three songs like that on this and it was like it kind of took you on a journey you know it would be like wait I, I actually really liked that that hook or that chorus. And then, it, it, like, after a badass bridge of, you know, Flea doing his thing and everybody just going nuts, it'd be like, you know, right back, just boom, right back into it, locked into the groove. And I was like, man, that is, like, that's a true testament to, to the craft, you know, being able to do those wild interludes and then go right back into what you established uh, at that at that point five fucking minutes ago in a song incredible i love that i've uh i've been looking at like their other stuff too um i was listening to a little bit of francis the mute um also fucking badass album uh in the album cover like all these guys album covers uh mars volta um i was even looking online at some of their other stuff and like they've gotten a lot of praise mainly this album and their second album um like being as their better albums but for this being a debut like this is the first first thing coming out like it's it's fucking nuts man uh it's always so amazing and it like just captures like just the feeling of a new artist a new album like when Mm -hmm. they just right out the gate they're just like yeah full-fledged full throttle and Um, and as we've shown as we've shown on this podcast we do love a good debut album (laughs) it's pretty brave to come out you know and throw a 12-minute song on a debut you know nobody's heard your music before so I, i feel like these guys just went out there and it was a perfect time in 2003 to come out and just throw the sound out there you know there was nothing standing in their way um and they definitely made an impact i know this album itself was a 
you know, a, a journey for them. You know, the, the bass player OD'd on heroin before the album, like a month before the album came out, which is why, you know, Flea was on there and doing his thing. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of tragedy behind what happened in the album. But when you look at it as a whole, I mean, it's a great piece of work, art, artistically, visually, musically, and lyrically. I mean, again, I can't say enough about the lyricism. Just some of the lyrics that I hear on this album, I'll just always repeat in my head forever. It's great. So, uh, not to not to exclude you, Jacob, but this was a uh, a conversation I had with Matt like fucking a year ago. You remember when I told you to look into Richlu? Mm-hmm. Does what's the singer from Mars Volta? I don't know his name, but does he not Classic. sound? He sounds like the singer for Richlu. He does. Like I think I finally found mm-hmm. the one artist because when I introduced you to that band i was like it sounds like rush maynard a little bit of roger waters mm-hmm. and and then i heard this and i was like no it's the fucking guy from mars volta it just that's just who it sounds like yeah you know? um so that was like a trip for me because i was super into Richlu when i was in high school uh Richlu, great uh prog metal band if y'all don't know uh i'll probably end up bringing them up at some point on this um but no, that was that was like the main comparison I kept. You know, well, and also, like I said earlier, this was my introduction to them. So every time you're introduced to music, you're going to make comparisons. Oh, yeah. Um, it, and it's it's just fucking human nature. Uh, and so I was like, no, this is this is Richelieu, dude. Like, this sounds just like him. Yeah. And I was like, I finally found one one vocalist that sounds just like him. You know, so I don't have to do this like hodgepodge explanation. I can just be like, you know, Mars Volta, it's that basically. Um, uh, so no, I I love the vocals as well as the instrumentation, as I kind of touched on earlier. Uh, but overall, thank you for bringing this up because yeah. I again would have just been on my deathbed being like Mars Volta. <laughs> I saw that they were on a lineup for a festival I never went to. <laughs> Like it would have been that, right? I think. Well, good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. You know, it's not for everybody. I know some people don't like Cedric's vocals; it's a little too high pitched. But I think for all the music that we all listen to together as a group or by ourselves, we like those high vocals. We like the the experimentation side of that when you're using your voice in different ways, no matter if it's low or high. So. Exactly. Exactly. Shall we top three it up, or do we have any Let's... closing closing arguments? Closing arguments. No, I think there, there's so many guest appearances on there. You know, like Jake said earlier, Rick Rubin produced. You know, it's mm-hmm. all around. It's just like, how can you go wrong on this album with all that? This help? is, this is a uh, what you spin an album for sure. Definitely like, based based off the people, like the albums we've covered and the people that were on them. Whether it's you know Flea straight off of us talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers or mm-hmm. Rick Rubin with the other shit that he's done that we've talked mm-hmm. about. Um, I feel like we've we've really appreciated a lot of the people on this album, and we'll continue to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, every time we bring Rick Rubin up, I'll uh, I'll get a hard on. You know, I love the motherfucker. <laughs> I used sure. to, I I dead ass. So when I was like a freshman sophomore in high school, I was gonna go to Montana State University and get a degree in music engineering because I loved David Geffen and Rick Rubin. I thought they were the coolest motherfuckers on the planet. Um, and then I realized I really liked football. 
So I went to LCC for one semester with a journalism major, and I realized school sucks. Um, <laughs> probably could have used, you know, the, the 12 years of me being in school to make that decision. Mm. But yeah, I used to basically want to be Rick Rubin. Uh, but anyways, let's go ahead and dive into top threes. Matt, why don't you kick us off, baby boy? We kind of got that Rick Rubin look from maybe 30 years ago. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, one, like, <laughs> once, once my full beard starts turning gray, I will be Rick Rubin. Like, it, it's not going to turn gray. I'm going to turn white. Scraggly gray beard. Just, just paint it over, dude, or get the, <laughs> everything. Dude, the Sid Haig, just be fucking Captain Spaulding. <laughs> Show up randomly to famous people's houses, like for no reason. Like it's me, Rick. Well, yeah, what's going on? All right, top threes. Honorable mention, and then three, two, one. Honorable mention would be, I think it's the last track. I take the veil, Serpent Text, which is Serpent Text is basically the person that they're, the album's about in a sense. Um, and then three, two, one, uh, Drunken Ship of Lanterns for three. Number two would be Cicatraz ESP. And then my favorite track is. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Eritarka? Yeah, we'll go with that. Eritarka. Nice. Hell yeah. Just based off your top three, I'll go next. Uh, honorable mention for me, Intertiatic ESP uh, is my honorable mention. Number three for me was Take the Veil, Serpent Taxed. Uh, I felt like that was a really strong way to close out the album. Uh, number two, a drunk ship of lanterns as you had mentioned and then i agree with you matt uh my favorite uh song off of this was eritarka uh just couldn't get enough of that one that one really had that bridge you know bang bang and then yep. a bridge uh so really like that one uh again thanks for bringing this up i will probably try finding this just to have another prog pick they just re-released it this year on vinyl this album specifically so no shit okay so probably hella cheap my lookout for sure then in that case if it's reissue hell yeah um honorable mention i'm gonna go uh uh Attic asp the second song mm -hmm. uh top three uh take the veil um roulette roulette dares um i changed my mind it's still probably my favorite song i relate there relate dares but uh, my favorite song for sure uh Sietra's ESP, mm. um, that 12 minute song, that like break that they have, the multi layered sections to the song. It's, it's great. So, yeah, this whole album, man, sick. I'm going to definitely listen. I'm going to finish listening uh, to their second album because I hear that one is like debatable, their best work also. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to look into that for sure. But, yeah, thanks for introducing me to this album and this artist because, uh, yeah, these guys definitely. Definitely doing it right. Hell yeah. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Absolutely. And that was Matt's pick for this week. Deloused in the Comatorium by the Mars Volta released in 2003. Uh, we're going to go ahead, put a big fat bow on this thing, send it to the moon, and cover my pick for this week. We'll be right back with episode 46 of What She's Been In. I think so.
Okay. Well, hell yeah. It's time to wrap up episode 46 of What You Spinning. And to do that, we got to cover my album for this week. One that I'm super stoked to finally be able to bring up. Uh, it's one that I've been wanting to for 20 episodes. Uh, and that album is None Shall Pass by Aesop Rock. Um, we touched a little bit on Aesop Rock. I feel like I've mentioned him a couple of times from a lyrical standpoint, but we did... Uh, cover one of uh, a song that he was on when we did uh push button objects uh back in the day with matt's pick that week don't know what episode that was i didn't do that much research uh anyway none shall pass aesop rock released in 2007 produced solely by uh aesop and a producer named blockhead whose solo work is phenomenal uh if you're looking for good beats uh there is one track produced by lp and if you remember, if you're a fan of the show and you've watched every episode, uh, LP from Run the Jewels is who we're talking about. Uh, he produces a track and features uh, vocally uh, on it. I've been listening to this album for almost a decade. Uh, it's one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. Uh, so I'll put a cork in it for now. Uh, what do y'all got to say about it? I love his vocal, like in general, like you brought up push button objects and that was one of the first introductions i had to him and it was so unique i was like dude this guy's his voice is so unique um so being able to hear a whole album by him was a treat for me all week you know i just kept playing it over and over and over again um and this is his fifth album i think that he did and kind of a transition for yeah. him uh maybe lyrically or just mentally with you know depicting life changes in his own style in general. I think he kind of, you know, changed direction a little bit, not in a bad way, in a good way. Um, but there's just so many good songs on this album. Um, it really stood out to me. The artwork on the album cover is amazing. I think I think all of our uh, picks for this week have great album artwork, going from Jay's, yeah. you know, vinyl sit down to the weird stuff from, you know, the Pink Floyd collaborator and the Nears in general. Just It's great. So so funny you mentioned the album artwork. Uh, I ordered this when I got this. It was off of Discogs. It is now at Moonrock. If either of you are interested, I will film the foot race to get it. Um, I'm leaving after this is over. <laughs> I'm closer. <laughs> I, I've listened to this album a ton, so I've seen the album cover a shit ton. But I had like you know got home from work and just opened up the vinyl and I opened it upside down. And I was like, oh, shit, is this like an alternate variant? Like, what the hell? I was like, why does this look so weird? And then I went, oh, OK, I, I opened it upside down. But like I was convinced for like five minutes. I was like, that's a weird upside down variant. That's that's fucking weird. <laughs> uh, but no, cool, uh, album covers pretty tight and upside down mm -hmm. skull with uh, what appears to be like angel wings turning into hands holding. Uh, I, that's Aesop and I believe that's Blockhead. Uh, and then, you know, the human heart in there and then the the skulls replacing the O's. Yeah, Matt, you're you're spot on. I love this album artwork. I think it's I think it's really tight. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I liked it. Um, I feel like uh, regrettably or not regrettably, it's just kind of sad that nowadays a lot of people maybe look past Aesop. Um, not only just because of his name, it's very similar to ASAP Rocky. If you'll look up like AS, it'll bring up ASAP Rocky before ASOP. 
Um, but he's been doing it for forever. I mean, he's been doing it since the uh, early 2000s, uh, and late 90s, I want to say, even. Um, he's been around for forever. Um, definitely, I haven't listened as much of his stuff, um, but I had heard None Shall Pass, the song. Um, and this album, it feels very... Um, what's the way to say it? Like, for hip-hop, it's not like your typical hip-hop it's not like boom bap esque or it's not like uh you know something like that it's kind of more experimental with the electronic beats um i feel like blockhead he does that uh with when it's when he does production he uses like a lot more um like tempo heavy and it's more electronic kind of um and aesop he he uh like he raps really well on it um he does really well on it um his vocal style the way that he raps at certain points, it sounds like kind of spoken word-esque. Um, it kind of reminded me when I was originally listening to it um, to Billy Woods uh, in a way. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like he kind of- Very interesting comparison, my guy. Yeah. That's he, fucking, uh, that is uh, deep, but I, I, I see you. Sorry, go ahead. But no, yeah, I like, fuck, like at, that at, is at, deep. Conversion. At points, it sounds like he's like when he's rapping a word with another word, like it kind of sounds like he's like finishing off a sentence with like a run on sentence. And it's like it's like always going and never ending. It, it kind of has that feel um, similar to what Billy Woods does. But yeah, it's real cool and interesting. I, I like this album. So yeah, it was really good. And that title track is just so good with the instrumentation and like the broken keyboards and the disco feel it's mm -hmm. one of my favorite tracks for sure what a good thing for a title track too to have it stand yeah. out so well i think when you and do a the, title track it's got to stand out like that and he did a great job and and the thing i love about aesop is is uh one thing i read about him years ago is that when he was writing rhymes to start out he would have a thesaurus with him so that way he could kind of diversify himself from from everybody else and you know have a more uh, deep vocabulary and there are uh, I can't I don't know where I saw it but someone did like a like deepest vocabulary in rap music chart and uh, MF Doom was number one and Aesop Rock was a close second by like two points which was like uh, words. It was like measured on like various words that they used. And uh, Aesop Rock was a very close second. Uh, and, and it is diverse. You know, Jacob, you kind of mentioned he does have a tendency to do these kind of run on sentence things that that work somehow. Yeah. You know, it's like it's still a cohesive thought, but it's like, holy shit, like flash that buttery gold jittery zeitgeist like the fuck does that even mean you know there's just so many things you know and then uh the bonus the bonus track at the end of coffee uh which is essentially a cover of a mountain goats song who john darniel the singer for mountain goats is on the first part of coffee uh he aesop basically does a cover of one of their songs at the as the bonus track to end the album out and one of the best lyrics on the album to me is sharks in the dunk tank, sharks in the dunk tank, vipers in the garden. And it's like, come on, man. Like, I don't even want to know what the original song sounded like. Like Aesop just fucking slaughters it that hard with that slide acoustic guitar sample and everything. And 
yeah man none the the beat to none shall pass is easily one of my favorite beats of all time you know it's a it's like a comfort beat for me i will either throw on a the the song itself or b just throw on the beat when i'm having a rough day you know just to hear that the fucking synthesizer it's just there's so many things about this album man yeah yeah, no, this album was cool, dude. I, I had heard Garbology uh, from Aesop just because it was more recent. It came out like two years ago or three years ago or something. Um, uh, but yeah, I hadn't heard the full album before of his. I had heard him on a lot of features, um, never really dug into his stuff. Um, but I should. I definitely should. It, and it's very unique, I think, mm-hmm. what he does. Because um, he isn't like a lot of rappers that... Um, they'll stick to boom bap beats or they'll stick to just beats where it's like uh, just like a, a beat line over like a you know like a piano or a synth or something like he he'll do like obscure like beat selections that Blockhead does or that he'll produce um, if we like compare what he did on PBO to this very different very different push button objects is was very boom bap heavy this is like a lot more uh, like electronic instrumental, um, so yeah, definitely really cool. I like the I like his hooks that he does. Uh, they're like real thought out. Um, Catacomb Kids. I really like the hook that he does on that song, um, and it's cool too because a lot of a lot of nowadays I'm seeing I'm noticing that too. Hip hop songs they won't have hooks, um, or they won't have. Um, you know, like a, a break off where it breaks off the verses. It's kind of all just one same thing. Uh, so I like that he does that too. Uh, I think you're muted, Dorian. Oh, fuck. Sorry, I thought I touched the button. Um, so just like to touch on the hooks you know you mentioned the lack of hooks in modern day hip-hop so i'll i'll just highlight a hook from the song that we've talked about a couple of times at this point uh uh, on none shall pass the hook is and i will remember your name and face on the day you were judged by the funhouse cast and i will rejoice in your fall from grace with a cane to the sky like none shall pass like there it's just such there's such deep meaning to these lyrics you know uh across the board on this album and if you listen to he put out a shit ton of like eps lps you know like basically mixtapes um and they're all great like one of my favorite aesop rock songs is uh off of his daylight ep and it's called daylight and uh it's if you like this album is kind of the intro like this is the most digestible album from Aesop, and then you can dive in and go listen to. Uh, from this, I would suggest the Impossible Kid, uh, which came out in 2016, and then after this, I would suggest his uh, group that he was actually in for a little bit called Hail Mary Malin, which is him, another rapper, and a producer, and that album kicks kicks dick too. Um, I, I will bring that up at some point. Uh, but he is just so lyrically talented and the fact that he it's the same thing that like we've beaten this horse until it's a pulp but 
having that producer mindset and also being a rapper, especially with the skill set that Aesop has, I feel like it sets him just eons above other artists that have that ability, you know, like like just his vocabulary and everything and his wordplay and, you know, the fact that he can make a run on sentence not be fucking annoying. It's it's incredible to me. I I mean, I brought this album up for for a reason. I'm a huge Aesop Rock fan, uh, but man, even after listening to his whole discography for as long as I have, this is still just a beast of an album. Just so strong. There's so much going on. You know, like over halfway through the album, you hear LP come in, and you're like, "Wait, what the hell? Where did you come from? Like, what are you? What? What?" And then, you know, six years later, Run the Jewels became a thing. So, I mean, it's like, fuck, at that point. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a precursor. It's like, who the hell is LP? Oh, you just wait. Like, Run the Jewels is going to be one of the biggest names in hip-hop at the, at, uh, you know, like 10 years down the line. Uh, but, no, I'm I'm very glad that you guys liked it. And, I'm, I like I said, I had been waiting forever to bring this up. Uh, and of course, the week that it came in the mail, I went to Moonrock and uh, they fucking had it. So, you know, <laughs> classic, classic, classic and Dorian that. situation. <laughs> it happens all the time, dude. All the fucking time. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's cool that you're such a big fan of Aesop because not a lot of people, I feel like, know or they do, but they don't appreciate his music. Um, just because he's been along, he's been around for the long, the longest and. Kind yeah. of gets sweeped under the rug, um, gets overlooked. I don't know if you guys looked this up. You know where he's based out of now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Portland. Portland, I like that. I like that. Portland. Yeah, he's living in he's living in fucking Portland, Oregon now. Like that's, he's local. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Like as of like four years ago, yeah, he's still just Jay chilling in fucking Portland. Nice. Which is wild. But he hasn't like he's put out he's put out music, but hasn't toured. And I've talked to a couple of people that have seen him a, a handful of times. And uh, like we're talking we're talking people that have seen multiple rap artists, you know, and they're like, dude, Aesop. As far as a rap concert goes, they said it was one of the one of the best ones they've ever been to. Um, so, yeah, I, I needless to say, I, I'm glad that you guys liked it and we're we're, we're so receptive to it. Uh this album has a has a has a solid place in my heart, so you know I'm glad y'all liked it. Hell yeah! Shall we top three it up? Let's do it. All right, so I'll kick it off. Honorable mentions: uh, the harbor is yours. I liked the constant Jolly Roger references, and you know, just like pirate esque uh, thing he had going on. And this honorable mention almost made it to my top three, but this is a top three that I've had for like six years, so it's kind of hard to shake. Uh, but No City is my second honorable mention. I really fell in love with that track again this week. And then three, two, one, None Shall Pass, Citronella, and Coffee. Uh, those are my top three and honorable mentions. Good picks. Good picks. I'll go next. <clears throat> honorable mention, then three, two, one. Uh, honorable mention for me is uh, Citronella. And then three is going to be Five Fingers, two Catacomb Kids, and then I like the title track. It's my, my top pick, None Shall Pass. Great pick, Dorian. Thank you. Yeah. I like your I like the I like the Five Fingers pick. 
That was that was another that was an almost honorable mention for me. That was like my B team. It was five fingers. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, honorable mention for me. I'm gonna go Nunshaw Pass. Um, and then top three, kicking it off with Catacomb Kids. Um, Gun for the whole family. I love that uh, that song title. <laughs> and LP just comes in, and his production is is great. Uh, and then keep off the lawn. I think it's solid start, good like electronic beat to the start of an album, and it like leads into the rest I of it. I am alive. <laughs> yeah, and in gun for gun for the whole family, like that is such an LP beat. Like they couldn't. Yeah. Like they don't mention it on the back of the album. You know, when you can read like producer credits, it's not mentioned at all. Yeah. But it's like that's. That's not Blockhead. It's not Aesop. That's fucking LP. Like right. anybody with an ear that's listening to Run the Jewels knows. Uh, like, yes. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, but no, I'm so glad that you guys like this. Uh, anyway, that was None Shall Pass by Aesop Rock, released in 2007, which was my pick for this week. Go ahead and give all three of these albums a listen on really? Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, whatever the hell you listen to music on. Uh, let's go ahead and do our favorite part. I've actually been anticipating this portion <laughs> all day because I decided what I was going to bring up at the end of last week's episode. I already had my pick. Oh, wow. By the, at the end of last week's episode. So, uh, let's go ahead and dive into that. If y'all have to grab it, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Well, kick us off, my guy. I'm gonna. This one I just found out like a month ago, and I was so like just hooked by it. I was like, I gotta, I gotta. One, I gotta buy this. Two, I gotta show you guys. Uh, So this is Robson, George, and Lincoln Olvetti. What? Uh, <laughs> oh my lord, I love it. Self-titled. Album the, the album cover just screams cocaine. <laughs> is that is that like a and soccer, like a semi-pro WWE promo photo? Why do they look like they're <laughs> about to hit someone with a with a metal chair? Right. I his love it. Says, his shirt says "lazy shirts." Um. Uh. But yeah, it came out in uh '82. Um, it's some Brazilian funk, dude. It is funk. Oh, is this the one you were talking about, huh? Mm-hmm. Can you oh, okay. can you do me can you do us both a favor, Jake? And after we cut filming, can you send us the link to that? Because I will not fucking remember that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Robis Robson Robson George E and Lincoln Olvetti. Sweet. All right, Matt. Okay. What do you got, man? Uh, I'm gonna kind of go back to hip hop for a minute. And find the closest comparison to Outcast I have is Earth Gang, uh, Mirrorland from 2019. Album cover alone says it all. So I'm gonna harvest one of your fucking kidneys. <laughs> nice, but you have it, so you get you get rights. All right, you get rights, and you're gonna say the same thing to me when I when I introduce mine. I already know. I, I have a feeling I know what you're gonna do. Mirrorland. Mm-hmm. Mirrorland, dude. I saw that tour. Did you? Say, oh, I've got a. Dude, I saw them on that tour. Oh, man. I can't wait to hear what you have to At say the, about that. Guess where I saw them, Matt? The Wow Hall? Where you see them? 
Yeah. At the fucking Earth, at the wow Earth Gang at the fucking Wow Hall. Oh my god. I'll get that into that next been, week. Yeah, I can. I'll get into that next week. In there. Huh? It must have been steamy in there. Oh my god. It was awesome. I'm going to hop in a time machine and travel all the way back to 1979. Yes. And Matt, you know exactly what's coming up. You said the year. I already knew it. Nice. Pink Floyd, The Wall. About time. Matt, you talked You talked about concept album this, concept <laughs> album this. This, this is the first ever concept album. Okay, fuck Sgt. Well, Pepper. Well. No, no. I'm I'm kidding. This is this is the first like badass concept mm-hmm. album. Uh Pink Floyd, The Wall. Uh holy shit, man. We'll get into it. Um and also I'll propose this on air so we can get a reaction. Uh the movie The Wall mm-hmm. is coming in the mail for me today. Uh the album is the soundtrack to the movie. When y'all come over and do next week's episode, let's do another bonus what you spin in movie yes. review. I'll make us food. We'll watch the wall Ooh. and we'll do a little a do do a little uh zhuzh, a little extra 15, 20 minute video like we did with uh, House of a Thousand Corpses for Halloween, which I'll say. I love it. I got stories. That'd be cool. Stories and stories. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, let's do it. We got Pink Floyd, The Wall, some weird Brazilian shit, <laughs> Roberto, 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 it's me, your daddy, Roberto, <laughs> George, eh? <laughs> and fucking yeah. Earth Gang. No, uh, next week's episode is going to be fucking baller, I can already tell. Uh, anyways, thank, uh, thank you all for stopping by for episode 46 of What You Spinning. Uh, as per usual, I'm your host, Dorian, uh, joined, as always, by my boys. Jake, sign off for me. Tell him, tell him goodbye. Matt, sign off for me. Tell him goodbye, my boy. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been What You Spin in Episode 46. We hope you all have a great week. Stay, high, stay hydrated. Stay cool. It's about to get hot out there. Take it easy. <laughs>